to Mount Nebo Leadership's Leaders Lift, a podcast for aspiring and existing leaders, which includes just about everyone. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and I look forward to being a part of your leadership journey. Thank you for tuning in to Episode 2, Personality Styles. This is Part 2 of my Knowing Yourself series and is a follow-up to Episode 1 on Motives. As I have stated before, knowing yourself is one of the most important things you can do as a leader. It is absolutely worth any time and effort you put into it and will pay huge dividends. We started with motives, and if you did any of the recommended actions from that episode, you'll be able to build on that with this episode. For today's show outline, we are going to cover what is a personality style, why are they so important, how your style is identified, what you get out of an assessment, and some recommendations on what to do with the results. And then stay tuned to the end for a special offer I have right now on a personality style package. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you're interested in or focused on leadership, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also go to www.mountnebelconsulting.com where we are regularly adding new content and resources to help you on your leadership journey. I want to start out by giving you some context as to why I believe these are so important. I was first exposed to the concept of personality styles in my first leadership role. This was when I worked for the mentor I've talked about in a couple of early episodes. She had her entire management team go through a very similar process I take others through. That was so that we could better understand ourselves and the rest of the management team. Since then, I have used some form of this with every team that I've managed. Besides building trust, which I'll cover in the team building series, This is possibly the most important thing that you can do to really develop a high-performing team. So enough introduction, let's go ahead and dive right in. First, what is a personality style? So you may have heard this as personality type or something similar, but I like to use the term personality style. There are a lot of different versions of this, but at their core, they are all about helping us understand ourselves and others better. The version that I have found most helpful are generally based on the personality styles developed by Myers and Briggs. Those styles in and of themselves are super helpful, but I also like the models that not only tell me what my style is, but also what my strengths might be, the things that I need to be conscious of and possibly mitigate, how extreme I might be in my styles, and loads of other useful information. The specific assessment I use, and we'll talk more about that in just a bit, also helps me better understand my communication style, how others may see me, my leadership style, how my style impacts relationships, and how it may differ between my professional and home lives, as well as a whole bunch of other information. Just a word of caution before I go any further. I want to point out one thing that I wish I had better understood when I first started with this, and that is that there are no right or wrong personality styles. Let me explain that just a bit. When I first got my results, it was with that original management team. I had some pretty huge aspirations at that time, and I've talked about that in other episodes. So what I did was look at those whom I thought I wanted to be like and their styles compared to mine. That was a fruitless exercise because instead of embracing who I was, I tried to become someone else because I thought I would be a better leader if I was a different style than my original. Now, there are a couple of reasons this was pointless. First, while some style combinations do better in certain types of jobs or positions, 
My thought that I had to be a specific style to reach my potential as a leader was absolutely false. The key here is my potential. In order to reach my fullest potential, I needed to be myself, and I didn't realize that. Second, and it's related to the first one, it's that changing the core of your personality style is a very difficult thing to do, and I'll explain a little bit more about that later. With more experience in life and with these personality styles, I wish I could have learned earlier to embrace the key aspects of my style and leverage them. It's taken me much longer to get where I am because I kept fighting it for so long. Okay, so on to our next topic. Why are these assessments so important? As you take advantage of the knowledge you get through an assessment like this, not only will you be able to be more deliberate in how you take advantage of your strengths and mitigate potential opportunities, but you'll also be able to better understand others. I've found that the more I understand my own style and styles in general, the better I can understand others. Now that information can help me improve my relationships, professional and personal, and help myself and others better reach our full potential. Over time working with these concepts, you begin to almost inherently identify the styles of others and how you might best collaborate, partner, or work with them. Now beyond that, if you're a hiring manager, it's also another tool in your hiring toolkit that allows you to build diversity as well as build a team that can complement each other and not have key styles or skills that are missing. If you inherit an existing team, understanding their styles can also speed up the amount of time it takes for you to mesh with the team and for the team as a whole to get on the same page. Understanding your personality style can also help you evaluate potential opportunities. I'm not necessarily saying that you could identify if a particular opportunity would be a poor fit, even though that is certainly one aspect of this, but you can better understand how a position may or may not mesh with your personality. And that is a key thing to making sure that you take opportunities that you can be successful in. Now, one example here is that if you lean towards using intuition to make decisions, a position where each decision must be completely backed by data could be a challenge. When we better understand our style, we can understand how we make decisions. Similar to what I mentioned above, styles can help you understand if you make decisions based on data, intuition, or even emotion. And our styles can also help us understand our triggers, which is important to understand in relation to decision-making. If this concept is new to you, I hope you're intrigued enough that you're wondering how you can figure out your personality style. Now, the good news is that it's pretty straightforward. You simply take an assessment. The assessments I use are a series of statements that you respond as to how accurate you feel those statements do or do not describe you. The assessment only takes about 15 minutes and then you get an amazing report. I recommend that first you take the personal or what I call the core assessment. And then if you are in a professional leadership position or hoping to be, there's a specific workplace assessment that takes your style specifically as it applies to the workplace. The combination of the two are extremely powerful. I strongly recommend both as I have found that personally, I am slightly different in my core styles at work versus at home. And I'll explain a bit how that is possible later in the episode. In a couple of my episodes so far, I've talked about how impactful doing honest self-assessments can be. In the case of the personality assessment, being honest with yourself is absolutely critical. 
It's not that there are any right or wrong answers, and you really can't cheat. However, there are a couple of tendencies that most everyone sees that can skew your results. Remember, the most important thing is getting an accurate set of results. Now, the first tendency is to answer the questions as you would like to be or think you should be. Don't focus on aspirations, but focus on current reality. The second tendency comes after you have a better understanding of the different styles. This relates to what I said about my initial results and wanting them to match a specific combination of styles. With what I know now and with as many assessments as I have taken, I could probably manipulate my answers to get just about any result. But that doesn't do any good because I'd be trying to work with inaccurate results. So that's it. Very simple. Answer 15 minutes worth of questions honestly and you get some amazing information. Now later in the episode, or you can check out the show notes, I'll give you information on how I can help you get an assessment and get you started on this part of your journey. Just a quick reminder that if you're enjoying this episode, to hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast player. That will ensure you get the latest episodes as they are released. You can also visit our website for additional resources or follow Mount Nebo Consulting on LinkedIn or Leaders Lift on Instagram. If you're interested in getting your own personality style report, stay tuned for details on a discount special I'll be running for my personality style package. Or you can go to our website and click on the coaching services link. There's also links in the show notes. When I work with folks on a personality style, there's always a couple of questions that come up. First, how accurate are these assessments? And second, do the results ever change? For accuracy, I don't worry so much about how accurate every single thing is in the report. There are always some pieces that I question, or that at least make me wonder. For accuracy, I don't worry so much about how accurate every single thing is in the report. There are always some pieces that I question, or that at least make me wonder. But the reason I don't worry about it is that even if I disagree with some of the items, there is so much information in the report that I can always identify things that are of use. That could be additional insights into how I react in specific situations, or a strength or opportunity that applies to a current situation. My point here is that anyone that honestly answers the questions on the assessment is going to find plenty of information that will help them learn, grow, and move further down their leadership pathway. Now, the second question that comes up is, do the results ever change? There are a few situations that I found would change the results of an assessment. Major life changes like marriage, kids, something like that. Long periods of intense stress, major loss in your life, and even taking on an opportunity that is very unfamiliar to you can modify the results. How much they change really depends on how extreme your results are in any specific area. Now, those two questions lead to another, which is, how often should I retake the assessment? I don't think there's any real right or wrong answer. For the most part, your results will stay pretty stable. If any of the situations I men mentioned above apply to you, then it might be a good idea to do a refresh. Beyond that, there are some pretty simple ways you can get an update beyond paying for a full assessment. Now, if you've never have had a full formal assessment and sat down with someone to go through it, that would be my first recommendation. If it's been a while and you're in a different position or phase in life, I would recommend another. And if you're just looking for a refresher, reach out and I can give you some options. Okay, so now you might be asking, I think I'm interested in moving forward with this, but what do I really get out of it? 
and let's talk about some of those details now. I'm gonna talk specifically about the assessment tool that I use for myself and my clients. The main report for my personality style is 19 pages long, and my supplemental workplace version is another 13 pages. There's a decent amount of overlap, but as it says in its name, the workplace report is much more work-oriented, and that's why it's also a separate assessment. The main piece of information that everyone seems to focus on is the four-letter personality style. I do believe that's super important, but I think the more you get into some of the details, which I'll explain about in a bit, the better off you are. For example, I'm an ESFJ, or at work, an ESTJ. I know what each of those letters means in general, but you have to get in and look closer to understand how it really applies, and in my case, why the first letter, the E, may or may not be accurate. These four letters represent what I call your default or fallback behaviors. They're the ways you're most likely to act or behave when either under stress or when you're not consciously trying to behave differently. I wanna stress that these are default behaviors. And the reason to stress that is that while they may be your default, you can mitigate them to a certain degree when they may not be the best approach. It takes some work and practice, but it can be done. One example here is the difference between F and T in the third letter. F is more feeling-based and T is more logical. If you're a logical person, that doesn't mean you don't have any feelings, but it may mean that you have to work harder when a situation requires you to be more sensitive. Now, the second thing that you get in the main report is how much you lean towards each of the letters. This is a key piece of information as it could tell you how difficult it may be to take on the attributes of the opposite letter or how far to an extreme you may go in the letter that represents your results. Let me talk through my E letter. When I first took this kind of a test, I was an I. That means I'm an introvert. Now, you can see in both of my results above that it says I'm an E. So that means I've completely changed, right? Well, not really. If you were to look deeper into my results, you would see that I'm 51% E and 49% I. So really, there's no difference between those two. That means that depending on what is going on with my life when I take the assessment, I could go in either direction. I've definitely found that to be the case over the course of my career and in my personal life. I can adapt to either being introverted or extroverted depending on the situation. Most people that would see me at work would think I'm an extrovert. I'm comfortable speaking to people, working with teams, being in front of a large group, etc. But what they don't see is that those activities are much more mentally draining on me and I need to have time to recharge my batteries as an introvert would. I'm going to do a whole shorts episode on introvert versus extrovert, so watch for that episode to drop in the next couple of weeks and that'll give you a better understanding of what I mean. So let's go back to the specific report. As you go down through each of the letters, in addition to how extreme you may be for that letter, you also get an explanation on what it really means to have that letter. You're given some information on what the other side would mean. So I versus E, for example. One of the categories under introvert versus extrovert is how reserved or expressive you might be. And those of you that know me know exactly which of those two I fall into. I'm definitely more expressive than reserved. And my report explains what it would mean to be on either side of that subcategory. As the report dives into more about your main type, you get additional insights into how others may see you how your communication and leadership styles may be impacted, as well as your style when you're part of a team. You also get insights into relationships and how your style could impact your personality at work.
In another section, you can explore when you would potentially excel, what your strengths might be, for example, and then what potential pitfalls you need to be aware of. You'll also see how well you align with other letter combinations, as well as what types of careers might be a good fit. All of this is in the core report. Now in the workplace report, you get similar information, but it's all centered around the professional world. I like one section where it talks about how you help your team, but then also points out how you may irritate others. Leadership, communication, conflict, and decision-making are some of the other topics that are addressed in the workplace report. Now here's a little bonus. If you wanna hear more about my own personality style, I'll be dropping a bonus episode that'll primarily go out to premium subscribers later in February, and I'm gonna do a deep dive into my own type. My hope with that is not that you'll understand me any better, but that you'll see the insights I have gained on my own style, and you'll see how making this a regular part of your leadership journey could make a difference for you. I'll probably drop just a portion of that bonus episode into the regular feed, and then again, the full episode will be available to premium subscribers. Now, probably the most important part of this is what do you do with the results? I thought I would start off with something fun that you can do with these results. You can actually go search on the web and find personality styles for almost any celebrity or fictional character. Harry Potter, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, the list goes on and on. Almost anything you can think of is out there. For example, ISTJ is what I was the very first time I took an assessment. In the fictional world, that would be Alastor Moody, Spock, or Darth Vader, just to name a few. And maybe that's why I have so many Darth Vader items in my office. Okay, being a little more serious here. For your first pass through this report, just focus on absorbing the information that you find. Don't focus so much on your in initial reactions, such as what you may disagree with. You'll most likely have a bunch of that makes sense moments, and at least a few I don't know about that kind of moments. That's fine, just don't get hung up on them. After that initial review, go and start to identify the things that you believe are the most important for the here and now. And this is something that could easily change over time. So for example, if you just started a new job and one of your potential pitfalls is that you may jump in too quickly, that's a key piece of information that can help you have a smoother transition. If you're reviewing new opportunities, then the section on careers might be worth extensive study. As you do that second pass, I'd also start paying attention to strengths and opportunities or pitfalls. You wanna understand what your inherent strengths are so that you can continue to develop and improve them. As for the opportunities, those you wanna be aware of so that you can work to mitigate them or at least know when they might show up. Another example is if you identify that you're very expressive, then you know that if you're under stress or something else puts you into a default behavior mode, you may tend to dominate conversations or meetings. Sometimes that can be good, but like most anything, moderation is probably best. Those are a few ideas related to your professional life, but let's spend a few minutes talking about what to do if you're looking to apply this in your personal life. I've actually had all of my family take some version of these assessments. Understanding each other's results means we know some of our personal drivers, and just simply knowing who was an introvert versus an extrovert really helped with our relationships. So if you're not in a professional leadership position, this can still help you. If you're looking to apply this to your own family versus an organization where you have 
kind of a more structured or formal leadership position, here are my recommendations. First, go through and understand yourself as I mentioned above. The Strengths and Opportunities Review is really good for this. But then I would recommend you spend more time in how others may see you, communication, and relationship styles sections. Then I would also be sure to understand other personality styles. Now, why do I say that? Well, at least when you have younger families, I'm not sure a formal assessment like this is necessary for young kids, for example. There are some other simpler assessments you can fill out on their behalf, but because you're filling it out, it may not be quite as accurate. But if you understand the other styles, you may have a better idea of where your kids are currently, and then as they continue to mature and grow, what changes they may be going through. Now, just a word of caution here. I'm not sure making assumptions about your spouse is the best idea. If you're going to do an assessment for personal reasons and want to actively use what you learn, then you may want the key adults or maybe even older teens in your life to go through it as well. If you don't have them do the assessment, at least make sure they have some context for what is going on. Too many times I found that when I try and apply some of the things I learn at work in my home life and don't give any context, they just end up backfiring. All that being said, I have found that with all the assessments that I've taken and as much as I understand my own report and these concepts, I'm able to start identifying for each family member where they're most likely to fall in the different categories. That helps because then I can look at my own style and see how theirs is different or similar. It's funny how often the similarities cause more conflict than when we're different. And then that helps me to know better how to interact with them and build relationships. But again, just be cautious about making assumptions. Now, eventually when you've done this enough, you are able to start seeing the various styles and other people you interact with regularly. It can become almost an unconscious mental assessment and adjustment on your part. This will take time and it won't always be perfect, but if you want to be a top tier leader in any aspect of life, it's worth investing the time to get to know your style and the other styles that are available and apply this in your life. Now, with all this study of your assessment, you need to be writing down your insights and start to build a plan. Reading, learning, etc., won't do any good unless you make a deliberate decision on how to use the new knowledge. A good plan would include what strengths you want to continue to enhance, what pitfalls you want to watch for, and ideas for how to mitigate them. I would also Start identifying the most important folks in your life or sphere of influence, family, team members, peers, bosses, etc., and how you can improve your ability to collaborate with them based on what you have learned. That is one of the key items for our professional lives. If you are leading a team, I would strongly recommend each team member get an assessment so you have the more formal report to use. Armed with that information, you can work on your individual relationships, but also understand the team's strengths gaps, and areas of potential conflict. Now, one other powerful tool that I want to cover in this section is just share your own results with those key relationships in your life. Help them to understand who you are and let them know how you plan to improve your relationship and where you know you might struggle. This is a great thing to share with your family or your team. I found that this kind of openness with my teams helps improve trust and makes it okay for them to share some of the same things back with me. It's just about time to wrap up, but I wanna close with some information on how I can help you work through your own personality style. 
As I said, I've been working with these for quite some time, including with the Fortune 500 company. I've gone through these exercises with every team that I've led since I had my first assessment years and years ago. One of the coaching packages I offer is a personality styles consultation or personality styles package. The package includes two assessments, the main one and the workplace specific version with their accompanying results, as well as a 30 minute coaching session where we talk through your results and can work together to start building the plan I mentioned should be part of every assessment. If this is something you're interested in, you can go to www.mountaineagleconsulting.com and click on Coaching Services. There you'll see a description of my main package, the Personality Styles Package, as well as more of an explanation as to what to expect, how much time you'll need to commit, not very much. In conjunction with this episode, I'll be running a limited time special where you can get the package on sale for $99. Simply go to the page, Fill out the form and I'll put a direct link in the show notes and I'll be in touch with more details. Just mention in the goals section that you would like the episode two special. And again, that'll be a $99 package, two tests and a consultation. If you're interested in something other than the standard package, like tests for a team or multiple individuals, just getting the tests, or if you want to do this in your personal life so you don't really need the workplace test, fill out the same form and just indicate what you're looking for in the goal section, and I'll reach back out to you with additional details. Now, finally, if you're interested in this and just don't have the budget, fill out the form and send it in, and let's talk and see if we can find some other options. Thanks for sticking around through the end of this episode. I know it was a lot of information. It's a topic that I'm very passionate about, and it's also one of the things that has absolutely made a difference in my career and in my personal life. I know that if we work together, it can make a difference for you as well. So your key takeaways. Knowing your personality style is not something that happens by chance. Being honest in your assessment will determine how much you can get out of the report. And understanding your report will allow you to build a plan and better understand yourself and others. If you want to be notified of future episodes, hit the subscribe or follow button. You can also visit our website for more great content and resources to help you on your leadership journey or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're looking to support the show, check out the options on my Patreon page or in the show notes. And please share the show out to any in your circle that could benefit from it. Ratings and reviews in your podcast app are also a great way to spread the word. Thank you again for tuning in. Now go out there and keep lifting.